welcome into another great edition of Strong Style. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. This is our weekly Impact Media venture into the world of combat sports, specifically MMA and pro wrestling. Before I forget, because for some reason I forget to plug the show, if you would like to check out any of the stuff we do here at Impact Media, you can go to Twitter. If you go to at Team Impact Media, you'll find all the links to all of the shows. I promise you all three will be back this week. I know I say that a lot, but I am serious this time. Uh, at the Impact 99 on practically any social media, we'll find myself. We'll find show notes, random musings, and uh, I don't know, things I think are cool. And, of course, on Facebook, you can just look for Impact Media, Strong Style, That Sports Show, Four Check, myself, Jeremy York. You can look for any of that stuff if I find us. If not, drop us an email at, or no. 3endzone at gmail.com. It's an old email, but we still use it for show-related things. If you drop me a line there, I promise you I will get back with you. Tonight's episode... I have to find a pen so I can write it down. So you're saying there's a chance. Most of the time, that's super popular. Most of the time, that means something super popular, right? Well, it might tonight. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's basically a way of saying there are a lot of possibilities, so the one you would like to happen just could happen, and the opposite could happen as well. And this is going to be more apparent as I address a rumor after we talk about WrestleMania Backlash. I'm not going to talk Raw and SmackDown because I'm just going to talk about WrestleMania Backlash from getting NXT in a minute. And I will correct my wrong from last week. WrestleMania Backlash was a uh, pretty good pay-per-view. They are lining up the right people with the right dance partners. And we are getting... Very good matches. We are getting uh, good rivalries. And uh, sometimes there's some surprises. There really was not nothing that should surprise anybody at WrestleMania Backlash. Maybe you were surprised. Hey, drop us a line and tell me, hey, Jeremy, I was surprised when this happened. I didn't think that could happen. I didn't think that would happen. Because there are going to be times I'm going to be surprised. You guys go, no, I saw that coming. Hey, love to interact with you guys. And hopefully if I remember when I get to the MMA aspect, I've got a cool special thing we're going to start doing. But WrestleMania Backlash. We start off with Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins, a.k.a. This, this, granted, we've seen it before, but Dream Match. These two are at the top of the game, and I would say they are the next two biggest stars that the WWE currently has, not named Roman Reigns. Roman's on another level. He's on John Cena level at this point. That uh, he, he rules the roost. We know that. Right under that, I, w- I would say Seth Rollins, who uh, is taking a step back but he'll be on his way back up. And Cody, who left the company to become a bigger star, and then he actually came back, which was, uh, you know, Drew McIntyre did this a couple years ago, 
and uh, it, it served him well. But these two go out there, they tear the house down, they know how to get reactions, they know how to uh, put on a show, they are in peak athletic condition, and they're both pretty cool, right? You either like one or both, or one, the other, or both. I'm a fan of both. But these two, anytime they're in the ring, whether they have a microphone or whether they are wrestling against somebody or both, you know it's a must-watch. And to open the show, this probably, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. This absolutely stole the show. This is the best match on the entire card, as it should have been. The other one's for good. But, you know, for different reasons, I don't think we're the top. Uh, but Cody gets the win, as he should. This is going to line up where I think he should be at this point. Moving forward, uh, he had to have some warm-up matches, some tune-up matches, so, so that everybody remembered uh, how good he is, and how, how, or how good he was, and how good he has become. What Seth can do is uh, line up another opponent and uh, probably be next behind Cody. And, and you know, we'll talk about it that a little bit. Uh, these are two peak performers. Um, next match on there, Lashley and Omos. MVP helps Omos get the victory. Okay. Lashley can survive the hit. Lashley's another guy who is who is uh, right there near that level of Seth and Cody. A lot of people say it's, it's Roman and then nobody, but uh, they've got, you know, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus is still around, Lashley, Cody, Seth. Um... Edge and AJ, who we'll talk about in a minute. Um, you know, Randy Orton even. There's there's still people there. And uh, like I said, they're not on the Roman level, but, you know, they, they'll, they'll be okay. Not to mention, keep this in mind, at some point AEW is going to sign so many people as they have to start letting people go, as they have been. Uh, some of their bigger people are going to want opportunities and possibly come to WWE. This is great for business. Stars are moving everywhere. It's just like any other athletic league now. It's like the NBA, the NHL, the NFL, Major League Baseball. And stars are going for opportunity and money now. So we'll see. But uh, Omos with the win. He needed the win. MVP helping him. That gives some credibility back to Lashley. Great. Moving on. Edge versus AJ. If this match would have happened uh, a couple years ago, and I know Edge just recently come back, but if uh, if Edge had came back a couple years ago, I would say, no, you know what? I would say AJ should win this no matter what. And he was on his way to. Now, Edge holds his own. Edge absolutely holds his own. I don't have a problem there. But Edge is building a stable. And in order to have a stable... You need multiple members. Well, we know that Damian Priest has been uh, has been the number one. We've heard rumors about who the other ones could be. Well, WWE decided to let the cat out of the bag and just confirm what we all knew. As a hooded figure took out AJ, allowing Edge to win. The person takes the hood off. 
and it's Rhea Ripley with dark hair now, as opposed to her her normal kind of platinum blonde look. This is good. This is is gonna this is gonna help her being around somebody like Priest. She can learn a lot. She can teach Priest a lot as well. And being around somebody like Edge, this is a good faction. Could they add, you know, a Tommaso Ciampa or something like that? Sure. I do think they need four members. I, I, I very much think four members is a thing. doesn't have to be Ciampa, but uh, they're, they're working towards it. One at a time. You don't just suddenly show up and ta-da, here's a group of us. Eh, it doesn't work. I like building it like this. But Edge gets the win. This match was good. I still, like I said, uh, obviously you need the outside interference to help Edge with this because it helps the credibility of the group, helps AJ's credibility, and it helps build Rhea Ripley as uh, she is now a, a key piece in this. And uh, it's, it's another person Edge can send out to take you out. Uh, in the match we thought would be spectacular. And it was, um, it was still good. It wasn't amazing. And that, of course, is Charlotte defending the, she got the win, uh, the SmackDown, the SmackDown title, I believe, versus Ronda Rousey in an I Quit match. I really thought this match would go a slightly different way. Not the outcome. The outcome was easy. I really thought maybe it'd be a little more physical. I thought maybe they would uh, try to tell a little bit different story. But, hey, they still told a good story. I think Charlotte is probably going to take some time away because she has been uh, kind of running SmackDown for a while. Rousey obviously wins. She gets Charlotte to say, I quit, with the help of, God, was it a chair? I forgot now. I think it was a chair during her uh during the submission attempt but uh, ronda rousey your new champ i think uh, it's time for her to run through a couple opponents to kind of build up credibility and then somewhere in the not so distant future i need to see lacey evans versus ronda rousey and it doesn't have to be the push that lacey was going to get before she got pregnant because she was on her way. At some point, Lacey and Charlotte have got to go at it and finish that, that feud they had going. But they've got a real opportunity. A real opportunity right now with Lacey Evans to turn her into a massive baby face. Or good girl, good guy, however you want to say it. The crowd will get behind her because they now know her story. They know her struggle. They will get behind her. I don't want to see her and Rousey yet. In a couple months, I do. As far as who Ronda can take on to start with, uh, there, there's the usual suspects. Uh, just pick a couple of them. That's fine. But uh, good for Rousey. I quit match. It, it was it was solid. It just wasn't spectacular. I thought it, it had potential to be match of the night. And... Pretty much Cody and Seth let everybody know that was not going to happen. But uh, overall, it is what it is. Charlotte will come complain about it. There may be a rematch. But how do you rematch and I quit? You don't. You, to me, you just move on. Charlotte can come back to the picture later. Matt Cap Moss over Corbin. It needed to happen so that split can happen. 
Uh, moss, they really, really like. They like Corbett too, but they really like Moss. It's time for him to do something, move on up, start uh, start uh, doing some bigger things. And then the Bloodline versus R.K. McBro, as Drew McIntyre calls it. Bloodline, of course, Roman Reigns and the Usos, his cousins, versus Randy Orton, Riddle, and, of course, Drew McIntyre, who I just spoke about. Uh, this this whole match was supposed to be the Raw Tag Team Champions, RK-Bro, versus the Usos, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, to unify the tag belts. I know what you're about to say. Why? Your guess is as good as mine. I don't know why we're, I know why we're unifying, and it maybe it's because of the the, the the amount of teams, the amount of quality teams, and the amount of quality main event headliners right now. That's why you combine these belts so that uh, you just, you know, it's not like the women's division, which is uh, pretty pretty stacked and pretty wide open on both Raw and SmackDown. Legitimate contenders on both sides. We're here, like I said, okay, if you're Roman Reigns, people you can defend against. Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, Cody, Seth, Lashley, Edge, AJ. Seven. Now, that's pretty solid, but that's across both shows. Legitimately, it's kind of like the UFC model to a point. You should have a champ. You should have a top five contenders, and any of those five have a legitimate claim to have a title shot. And then everybody else is trying to build themselves up the rankings to get up on that level. Well, I just told you, they pretty much have a, uh, a top seven. And then Roman the champ. So that's why, to me, they're combining belts, because there's no reason to have double belts when there's not enough people, legitimate people, for them. Then you build people up, you know? People like Moss aren't ready. Uh, People like uh, Omos. Uh, You know, Damian Priest down the line. I didn't even mention Sheamus. At some point, uh, maybe Butch. He's got a long way to go, because he's just starting out. But this is what they're doing. And like I said, just the quality... the amount of quality contenders, it's its just, they need to combine it. And they're not going through a bad spell. It's just a majority of their talent is on the mid-level. It's not on the main event level, like it is a lot of times. So you combine, you do the things they're doing here. Obviously, the bloodline, they get the win over RK McPro because they should. But now we need to see McIntyre versus Roman, and we need to see RK-Bro versus the Usos. Doesn't have to be two unified belts or anything like that. That tag match needs to happen. But that was pretty much backlash. You know, I I give it a four out of five. It it wasn't, like, super terrible. It wasn't super boring, nothing like that. No, it was entertaining. It had good stuff, had good matches, and they did a pretty good job. You know, I'm not going to agree with everything they do. Just like you guys probably don't agree with everything I say. And you guys probably don't agree with everything they do, too. But uh, now let's address this rumor. There's a rumor that when Roman Reigns' contract runs out, which I think is sometime this summer, that he's he's not going to resign. And he's going to potentially go to... He's going to potentially go 
to AEW because, as rumor has it, these are all rumors because I no, nothing was proven yet. The rumor is Tony Khan is going to basically double his pay to ten million a year. I tell you right now, he makes five at WWE, which is spectacular money. That's similar to to Cena money. Cena made slightly more towards the end of his run, but it was about twice as long as Roman has had. So, whether this rumor is true or not, keep this in mind. If Roman does leave, do they have a A-plus superstar in WWE? No. I told you that earlier. But do they have one who is potentially a B-plus into an A-minus? Uh, yeah, they do. Cody Rhodes. He just did the opposite. He went from AEW top level back to WWE. So the right thing to do, in my opinion, nothing personal Drew McIntyre, is he has his match with Roman, and before Roman leaves, he does the J-O-B and puts Cody over. Now, remember in lingo, doing the job and putting people over means the right thing to do usually, a veteran, is as he leaves the company, he will make the other guy look great, and he will lose changing the title over to the new guy. So to me, Cody is the surefire person that you put the belt on, even if he loses it a month later. Who cares? Even if you want to go Cody, Seth, Roman, fine, just for a little bit of a wild card act there. But I think I think Roman Cody is is a match that people are going to talk about for a long time. So. Is that rumor true? We have no idea. Are the are those numbers true? We have no idea. But if they are, then that's the way I see things playing out. Let's talk about NXT. Now, here was why I had no NXT last week. I looked back to see why I did not have notes on NXT. It's because, for some reason, I didn't watch NXT last week. So, I'm going to kind of breeze through it real quick. Some things that I think you need to know. Um, I didn't understand why Tony D'Angelo, who they've been building up recently, especially in a feud with uh, Legato Del Fantasma, I, I didn't understand why Von Wagner with Rob Stone uh, beat him. Because you're kind of building them both up. You don't have them face, but that is what it is. Uh, the Nathan Frazier versus Grayson Waller feud is uh, it's starting to heat up. They really like Frazier. Waller can take a couple losses when he needs to here and there, probably win the one at the end. They obviously faced this past week. I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, KC squared, even though it is now Katana Chance and KC Carter. Uh, they, they get a win. It, it makes no sense. They are the most established women's tag team. I would, it's not even a venture to guess. I will absolutely say they are the most accomplished, put-together women's tag team in the WWE. And at least they got a win against uh, the team of Ulysses Leon and Valentina Feroz. Feroz, Feroz. But KC Squared never gets the big opportunity. They never get the chance to, to be the women's champs. They should be. 
I understand why it, why it is who it is now. But at some point, KC Squared needs to be the champs, and uh, they need to establish some good things. And, uh, and I think it would help the division if they were the winners. Or if they were the title holders. Uh, Legato del Fantasma took on, and and uh, and uh, their lady friend Lopez took on Fallon Henley and Briggs because Jensen was took taken out in the back. So of course LDF wins that one. I didn't understand that at all. LDF supposed to have a thing with D'Angelo, so. Why take a week off and and have it? It just I don't know. It just didn't make sense. They have sent the Viking Raiders down to NXT for a little while. In the process, they ran over uh, Anafe and Malik Blade. It sets up the Viking Raiders versus Creed Brothers this past week. I'll talk about that shortly. And then Roxanne Perez, otherwise known as Roxy on the indie scene, took on Mandy for the title of course she comes up short Mandy with a solid win she's getting a lot better a lot more fluid in the way she's doing things and uh, and uh, Roxanne Perez is gonna her and Cora Jade I think are the future of this division down there this leads to this past week's NXT where or this uh, I guess last week's spring breaking because they are running out of god-awful titles for every other week down there I don't know why I just can't say NXT. We don't need fancy names for all this every other week stuff. But anyway, you had Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams out there, of course. Uh, Solo Sokoa, very good friend of the Usos and Roman because they're related. And uh, Cameron Grimes defending his North American Championship. This match was fantastic. Fantastic. So once again, WrestleMania Backlash and Spring Breaking, they lead off with spectacular matches. Cam retains, even though Sokoa probably should have won it. If there was a time when it looked like he was going to win it, really good bait and switch on that one. Uh, Carmelo never really had a big edge in the match, which was interesting because he's the former champ. But uh, good that Cameron Grimes has it. They are showing you that Solo Sokoa is going to be something fun going forward. My guess, let's go ahead and throw this in. If Roman does leave, as we just addressed, Solo Sokoa could get called up and him and the Usos create a uh, a trio that uh, can go for tag titles and solo titles. And uh, he wouldn't become the new leader because the Usos are bigger than Sokoa, but he would just be the third member of their group. And I, I think... That, that would be acceptable. So let's go with that. Uh, Grayson Waller come out. He high-fived his longtime friend, MTV's Mark Long from uh, Real World, Road Rules, Challenges. Gosh, Mark's older than me. But he, if you watched MTV in the, uh, in the 90s, in the 2000s, you know who Mark Long is. And uh, it was good to see him. Looks like he's doing good. But uh, Grayson Waller took on Nathan Frazier, as I said. Nathan Frazier gets the win in this. Once again, Waller can can take a couple losses like this. He'll probably eventually win the big one against him. And uh, Frazier looked pretty good. 
this is what you're supposed to do. You build up one one guy in Waller, and then you have you use that you build somebody up into the really good level, into the good level, which is where Waller is, and you make smaller pe or you make new people into bigger into or bring them up as well. Kind of like one of those, uh, I put the ladder, I climb into the attic, and then I reach down and help you up. That's what you do. You make stars out of stars. Or make good wrestlers out of good wrestlers. You know, and that's that's what they're doing with Fraser at this point. We finally get LDF, Legado del Fantasma, and Tony D'Angelo with his, uh, his new little goons. Kind of have a face-off. I like that they build these little trio-like things. Fun things can happen. Um... Nikita Leon, or, or is it Lions? It's Lions. Nikita Lions and Cora Jade get a win over Natalia and Lash Legend. I don't know what Legend's doing in there unless it's just uh, needed something for her to do because uh, Lions is, is becoming really popular. She's a really good worker. Cora Jade is a, a future. She reminds me of AJ Lee a little bit, not just in the way she she is uh, built, but the way she re her reactions, her... Uh, Kind of just laid back nature. Could be a good thing. But uh, Lions and Cora get the win there. I, I don't. It's a feud with Natty. It has nothing to do with Legend. So we'll we'll see who eventually gets the uh, the nod there. The Creed brothers, with the help of Roderick Strong, who is no longer with the company, get the win over the Viking Raiders. It helps the Creed brothers. They should be the tag team champions very very soon because they are the better, more established team down there, and uh, people like them. Now the Diamond Mine is kind of blown up. It's the Creed Brothers, and it's uh, whatever the woman's name was. I forgot. She's from Ninja Warrior or something. I, I don't remember. But uh, that's pretty much what's left of Diamond Mine. The rest of it uh, left the company, got let go the other day with some big releases. Along with like Dakota Kai and some other people. That just makes sense. And then, in a feud that should have been way bigger and way better than it was, you had Gacy and Braun Breaker. I felt like this could have went to so many different levels. Gacy is really building up and really making something special. He is almost like a new Bray Wyatt. He's not going to go quite fiend level, but Gacy can tap into that weird, maniacal, you don't know what I'm going to do next. And, and like, you should look out. Like, hop around the corner, just kind of almost creepy factor. I think there's a lot of stuff you can do with that. And uh, him and him and Braun had a good match. I just feel like you're... You could have done more with this instead of just about a couple-week build. Involving Braun's dad, Rick Steiner, okay. It just Harlan was another one who got released, so there's no Harlan anymore. Gacy, I don't know if he's going to add somebody else as a uh, little minion guy beside him or what, but it just felt like they could do so much more, and they didn't. But good for Braun. I want to see what Gacy does moving forward. Um, I guess tonight. There, That's actually going on right now. Um, 
Impact Wrestling, somebody who was super busy was uh, W. Morrissey, who gets a win over Myers in a table match that included uh, Jordan Grace, Matt Cardona, and Chelsea Green. Because also on AEW, Morrissey uh, had a match against Wardlow. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, good for Morrissey. He gets the win on his on his home brand. He uh, he he really should be in the title picture again. I he kind of got crapped out of it. He uh, he could beat Josh Alexander. I'll tell you that. Uh, Ace Austin defended his X Division title against Rocky Romero. Trey Miguel come down towards the end of it. Uh, Ace is just that solid guy. He's almost like the Chris Saban of the X Division now. That uh, He's just that solid guy you can rely on. You can give him the title. You can not have him give the title. All kinds of fun stuff. Uh, Rocky Romero, always good. Shout out Rapongi Vice. Uh, Ace retains, obviously. And Miguel are going to go at it at some point again. Asha Slamovich was back. She took on some lady named Damaris. About all you need to know, it didn't take very long. They keep doing these squash matches with Masha. I would like to see maybe her versus Lady Frost, who should be returning soon. Uh, Masha's a big-time talent, big-time indie talent, and uh, we just we haven't really seen her do much. I want to see her in a match that's more than, um, more than a couple minutes long. What else do we have? We have uh, Bullet Club, which is Chris Bay and Jay White took on uh, Willie Mack and Rich Swan. Willie Mack gets pinned by Chris Bay and then uh, lets his contract expire and leaves. Willie's going to be back on the independent scene. They just they, they never did a whole lot with Willie and an impact, and, and he just decided it was better if he just went on and did something else. Now, by the end of this, Honor No More and the Good Brothers joined the fight, and we have Bullet Club versus Honor No More. As much as I am against these kind of matches, this needs to be some sort of War Games-type match between all of them. I can't remember what Impact calls their version, but we should have team versus team in a cage match to decide this. Jonah and PCO have a monster's ball match. PCO gets the win. This has a lot to do with Jonah leaving the company to go back and work for uh, New Japan and uh, some other independent bookings. So uh, good for PCO to get the win there. And uh, Jonah's just too big of a talent. A lot of people think he might go back to WWE. I guess we'll see. The New Japan battles this week, we had Goto and Yoshihashi who defended their tag titles against Jeff Cobb and Great O'Conn. This was, this was a pretty good match. Uh, these are four guys who, who are veterans over there. And uh, we got new champs, as Jeff Cobb and Great O'Conn are your new New Japan tag champs. And then we get the winner of the tournament of New Japan Cup, Zack Sabre Jr., who got to take on Kazuchika Okada, the champ. Sabre pulled every trick out of the book, every club out of the bag, did all he could to take out Okada. And in the end, Okada's a champ for a reason. Okada finds a way to get away with the victory. Uh, both of them, 
Both of them were very sore the next day, for sure. But uh, this this was a four and a half out of five. Sabre Jr. was slapping on every hold he could think of. He was actually using more strikes and uh, chops and utilizing so many other parts of his game that you usually don't see. And these are the kind of things that Okada brings out of you. And uh, this was uh, just absolutely fantastic. Let's go to AEW to finish up wrestling here. AEW, let's go with Dynamite. We got to see Jeff Hardy versus Bobby Fish for, to qualify for the Owen tournament. Uh, Fish would have been the third member of Undisputed Elite in the tournament. And Jeff Hardy, of course, ruins that. But that's fine. I will talk about the members of the tournament. We have the men's and the women's brackets now. Uh, then we get the Regal's little group of Danielson, Yuta, and Moxley took on Butcher Blade and Angelico. Because I, I guess they just needed another random third person. This time Danielson gets the win over Angelico. Six really, really talented guys for sure. We all know who these people are. Regal on the commentary. Uh, the Blackpool Combat Club or something's what they're called. I can't remember. As I said earlier, W. Morrissey took on, he was the hired henchman this week. For MJF, who took on Wardlow. Wardlow actually beat him. They went back and forth for a little bit, but then it got about eight minutes into it, and Wardlow beat him with one powerbomb. When he's been doing multiple to other people, I was very curious why they only did one. But they did one. Uh, when you're a mercenary, though, Morrissey got paid. He uh, come across, showed people that uh, it's possible for him to come across. I'm across the bridge from Impact to here, which means somewhere down the road we can see him again. And uh, Wardlow moves on. Eventually going to get MJF. Um, Jericho beat Santana with the help of the Jericho Appreciation Squad group, whatever they are. They keep hinting that Julia Hart is going to drop the Varsity Blondes and go with the House of Black. She almost did it this week and then kind of cracked. I look forward to it. I think Julia needs a, uh, a fresh coat of paint, so to say, and being in the House of Black and giving them a female member, she could learn a lot from the three of them, from Murphy, from... Gosh, I forgot the other guy's name, and Malachi Black. Um, it, you could learn a lot from those three that I think would really help her game, parts that she doesn't really do. And then uh, Death Triangle kind of come out and uh, ran him off. Because Death Triangle is all back at full strength. Now that Pac is back in company. Now that uh, Phoenix is back. And of course, what did Phoenix do? He took on Dante Martin in what can only be described as a aerial warfare dogfight. We're talking two planes going at it. Red Baron style. All over the place. Phoenix and Dante Martin for the to qualify for the Owen tournament. Phoenix ends up with the win in that one. Looks like Serena Deeb is not only a mentor of Thunder Rosa, but her next opponent for the for the women's belt. That should be fun. With Deeb just kind of taking out Carl Shida for a minute. Talk more about her in a minute. Mercedes Martinez, the interim Ring of Honor champion. Took on Deanna Perrazzo, the reigning Ring of Honor champ. And the only reason it's in a room is because Deanna could not make the last Ring of Honor taping because she's all over the place. 
all over the globe. And uh, Mercedes Martinez, your new undisputed women's Ring of Honor champ. So Deanna now no longer has her AAA Reina del Reinas, or Reinas del Reina, one or the other. And she no longer has that. Maybe she's going to take a little break for a minute because she's been carrying multiple divisions for a while. But uh, good for Mercedes. She has been on the indie scene for a long, long time. Is a great veteran. And uh, she has a better shot of, of defending the Ring of Honor belts, I believe, than Deanna. Especially since Tony Khan owns both companies. The one the belt comes from and the one she works for. AEW Rampage. We got Tony Storm and Ruby Soho who took on Jamie Hayter and Dr. Britt Baker DMD. Tony gets the pin over Britt Baker. This could be something down the road. This could be something. Any of these any any of these combinations of these four, sign me up, take my money. Because these four can go. And AEW probably has the best women's division, I would say. At least right now. Hook took on J.D. Drake. By the end of it, Dan Housen come out and uh, seemed to be a little bit of a miscommunication as Dan Housen gave him um, some chips, I think, for a birthday gift. And uh, uh, Hook kind of brushed him off. And, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. That's an interesting pairing. It really is. And I look forward to seeing what they end up doing, if they end up tagging together or what. Um. Yuka Sasaki or Sakasaki took on Rio in order to get in the women's Owen tournament. Of course, Yuka hadn't been around a while. Returning Rio is former champion in AEW, so she wins. She's in the tournament. And then our main event, Jay Lethal with Sanjay Dutt and some guy named Singh took on Kanesuke Takashita who is uh, somebody they could really build on in the future. They, they talked him up pretty good, and uh, him and Lethal actually had a really good battle. He was, on at times, he was on the level with Jay Lethal. That was uh, pretty entertaining. Of course, the best friends of Joe come down. They made a uh, mess of it, as they usually like to do. But to talk about the tournament, on the men's side, we're going to open up with Ray Phoenix versus Kyle O'Reilly. That should be pretty good. It's a dream match. Samoa Joe is going to take on somebody they haven't put in the tournament yet. There is a joker spot in both sides. So probably somebody that they have not signed yet, but will soon. Jeff Hardy is going to take on Darby Allen. Let's hope Darby Allen wins that because if Jeff Hardy wins it again, about time to just turn it off. And then Adam Cole is going to take on Dax Harwood. We know Cole's going to win, but I think Harwood's going to give him a real big run. Uh, this is time for Dax to shine as a solo competitor for a minute. On the women's side, we're going to open up with the match they've been talking about for, I don't know, six weeks now. Tony Storm is going to take on Jamie Hayter. My guess, since they're both international, both indie darlings before they've signed with uh, other companies recently, these two know each other. These two have faced multiple times. This will be the first time it is on national television. And they will probably put on one of the matches of the night. At least I hope so. Uh, Dr. Brett Baker, she draws the Joker spot in the women's side, which once again means it can just be anybody, probably because they haven't made up their mind yet. And they like weird stipulations. 
Rio, who we just talked about with the big win, is going to take on Ruby Soho. That should be fun. Soho's probably going to win. And then we're going to get Hikaru Shida, who I think is the dark horse to win this thing, versus Red Velvet. Red Velvet's about the third biggest person on her little faction. I think Shida's probably going to win there. That leads us into the world of MMA. And there was a ton of it last week. A ton. Let's start Bellator 280. That was over in Paris. In your main event, Ryan Bader defends his heavyweight title against Chad Congo. This is the second time they have faced. And the Arizona boy, Ryan Bader, he goes the distance. Or no, this was, uh, I think he got the knockout, actually. But he defends his heavyweight belt. It was fun to see him in the light heavyweight tournament, but Ryan Bader's a heavy. Uh, UFC wishes they had him, even though they're heavyweight. Vision is uh, pretty good nowadays, and Chet Congo, he could probably get a rematch next week. But Ryan Bader with the win there. Yoel Romero with the KO of Alex Polizzi. I didn't think Romero still had anything left in the tank, but at 43 years old, I was wrong about Yoel Romero. He controlled the entire fight. Alex was in trouble a lot, and then the knockout blow happened, and he was... No longer in trouble because he was no longer conscious. David Gallen gets the TKO victory versus Benjamin Brander. I didn't see that coming either. I, didn't see that coming. I think I took Brander. But uh, the Bellator main card did not disappoint. As we had told you about the main event. There's been a KO. That was a TKO. Another technical knockout as Lorenz Larkin took out Kyle Stewart. I saw that coming. And then uh, Gregory Babene gets the KO victory over Michael Shipman. Just insane. Absolutely insane. It leads us to Bellator 281, which is this Friday. They're again in Paris. They're going back-to-back in Paris. They like to do that. Main event. We're going to get Logan Storley versus Michael Venom Page. And I'll be honest, you guys know that MVP. I didn't like him to start with. He just seemed a little lackadaisical in his style. But once I saw the results, you know what, MVP? You uh, you fight however you want to fight because clearly I don't know anything. Um, I would favor MVP in this, but Logan Storley is definitely, you know, has more than a puncher's chance in this. My guess is this thing could go the distance. And if that happens, I actually think Storley could could pull it off points-wise. We're going to get Mashida versus Edwards, Fabian Edwards, in the co-main event. Uh, Mashida's still going at it hard. Been doing it a long time, but uh, Fabian Edwards, I think he's Leon Edwards' brother. I think that's his little brother. Uh, He needs a big win. Over Mashida could be a big thing, could be what he needs to propel up into the, the main level. I'm going to take Machida, but Edwards has a, a chance if this goes the distance. I'm going to get uh, Kierholz versus Watanabe. At least Kierholz has been lighting the division on fire recently. Just absolutely on fire. Terrorizing everybody. Just leaving a, just a, I mean, like General Sherman in the South here, just leaving everything in her wake. But Watanabe is a legend for a reason. As much as I think Kier Holtz has a chance, I'm taking Watanabe. 
Uh, you got Daly and Giacomo. I think that goes to the distance. I would take Daly in that one. And then you are going to get uh, Trainer versus Bayong. Bayong is probably who I would favor in that one. That's, that's Bellator 281. Multiple places you can watch that. But I know this Friday, it'll be this Friday, them being in Paris, it may start early. Last week started at like 1 Eastern, and like the main event, uh, the main card was like at 4. So uh, pay attention to that. Go to the Bellator app. They have a lot of fun games on there as well, and you can make your fight picks. But uh, all the other information should be on there. UFC 274. UFC said, you know, we've got some controversy too because, well, Charles Oliveira, who was the champion of the division, was going to take on Justin Gaethje. He did. But before he did that, he missed weight by half a pound and got stripped of his title. So, going into this, Charles Oliveira could not win his title back, but Justin Gaethje could lose, or could, could actually win it himself. Unfortunately, nobody told Charles Oliveira that because Charles Oliveira dominated the entire fight. He ends up winning. And per the contract, he now becomes the number one contender for the very belt that he just got stripped of. Yeah, this is something out of some weird WWE storyline. But that's the truth. So now we kind of get to see who Oliveira is going to face. Your guess is as good as mine. There's about four or five candidates. We'll see what they come up with. Rose Namajunas defended her title against Carla Esparza. Now, let's just keep this in mind, too. Not one to toot my own horn, but this week I'm going to because other shows, including some that try to give you betting tips, and hey, they do pretty good sometimes, with betting lingerie around 50-50 and having a good time, yours are doing good. Other shows, they told you to take Justin Gaethje. I told you to take Charles Oliveira. I'll take that one. A lot of people said, in fact, one show in particular. I'm not going to call them out. I'm not going to tell you what show it was. Told you that Rose Namajunas is going to beat the dog poop. I'll, I'll censor what they said. Dog poop. Out of Carla Esparza, even though these two faced six or seven years ago, Esparza won that one too. I told you Carla Esparza was going to win. Now she won by split decision in what people are calling one of the most boring fights in UFC history. I wouldn't say boring, but it's like watching a pitcher's duel in baseball. If you're looking for the home runs and a lot of runs on the board, and you happen to watch a show that's two of the greatest pitchers, ah, it may not be what you're looking for. There was a lot of things these girls were doing. Technical-wise, there was a lot of good technique, a lot of, you know, a lot of solid fight things. But if you're looking for the big knockout, you're looking for the big surprises, you're looking for a flying knee or a, 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 an upside-down triangle arm bar, yeah, it just wasn't going to happen. You're looking for a Brazilian necktie, just, no, wasn't going to see it in this one. And at the end of the day, Carla Esparza did what she needed to. She is your new champ. Now here's one I, I will take. I told you Tony Ferguson was going to rebound. And he was going to beat Michael Chandler. Because I felt like Tony is just due. And he looked great. 
Tony Ferguson Woods looking great until Chandler front kicked him in the face so hard. It is one of the worst memes I've seen in a long time, and uh, it it turned the lights out. If Tony Ferguson was a lighthouse, there are a lot of boats that are going to crash into the into the cove. Uh, he is doing good. He was released on his own reconnaissance from the hospital that night, but brutal. And on the other side of it, Michael Chandler got that definitive UFC moment that validates leaving Bellator to come over to the UFC. And now the UFC can promote him and pull him to uh, bigger things. But uh, just massive front kick. If you haven't seen it by now, then you probably don't have social media, which would be weird. Uh, Mauricio Hua took on OSP, of course, so Vince St. Saint, uh, Pru. OSP ends up with a split decision there. This was not just because of a split decision. It was pretty back and forth. There were times that they both tried to take the reins, and then, to me, it looked like they both got comfortable and just kind of coasted in, thinking thinking they had two rounds. Of, you know, they had two of the three rounds. And you could have almost called it a draw, and it was very close to being one. But OSP gets the win, and he moves on. And then we got Randy Brown, who got the split decision over Chaos Williams. Really, really thought Chaos was going to do a lot better than this, but he he just, it's like he wasn't finishing the combo. He was throwing good punches. He was throwing good strikes. He was uh, trying to take opportunities to end the fight when he could, and then just he would get most of the way through it and do something else instead of finishing the movement, finishing the action of what he was trying to do. And uh, because of that, Randy Brown took the points. He, he had a more solid performance. That leads us up to UFC Fight Night, which is this Saturday, where we finally get to see a fight that we thought we would see a long time ago. Don Blahovich is going to take on Alexander Rakic. Ratchich, he's Rakic. We thought for sure we'd see Blahovich a long time ago before now. We thought for sure Ratchich, Rakic. I guess I'm going to say them both now. We thought for sure these two were going to tangle, and there's just been snags in it. You know, sometimes there's an injury, sometimes uh, just couldn't get the fight booked. There are various reasons, but we're finally going to get it. We're finally going to get to see it. And it's it's just really a, a light heavyweight qualifier. What These, these two are just trying to, to move up into the title picture. And, in fact, I believe a lot of this fight night is going to be on ESPN2. I think the whole thing is on ESPN2 or ESPN+, Plus if uh, you are so inclined to go that way. Rest of the main card, Ryan Spann versus uh, Kudalaba. Let's go back to it. I'll take Jan Blahovich in the, in the uh, big fight. I will take Kudalaba in the co-main. David Grant versus Luis Smolka. I will take David Grant, Team England. Caitlin Chukugan is taking on Amanda Ribas. I will take Amanda Ribas. Uh, Caitlin looked okay in her last fight. I just I feel like Amanda's on a bigger push right now. And to round out the main card, Frank Camacho is taking on Manuel 
Torres, I will take Camacho. He is a uh, slight underdog at plus 115. That's not the world's biggest bet. This is about a 50-50 fight, according to Vegas. But uh, I just think Camacho is going to do pretty good and continue to move up the lightweight uh, lightweight division. Lastly, but not least, PFL Week 3, as always, did not disappoint either. Of course, you had the main event of Kayla Harrison versus... Uh, Magnakina. I got to give Marina Magnakina a lot of credit. She went three rounds with Kayla Harrison. It frustrated Kayla Harrison, who was used to being out of there halfway through the first round. She comes in as the big number one seed. Uh, Harrison had a chance to lose this one. Now, you could have made an argument that, that it was 51-49 Marina instead of Kayla. And uh, obviously, after in the post-fight, Kayla was very frustrated. She did not think Marina could take her to the limit like that. And uh, I feel bad for whoever her next opponent is, which we will find out. That will be July the 1st. That is the last week that the PFL will be here in Atlanta. We will talk more about that in the coming weeks. But uh, unanimous decision by Harrison. She gets her three points. She's up in the top of the rankings. But we saw some chinks in the armor. So the two-time defending champ is going to have to button some stuff up. rest of the main card, you had Ray Cooper III, who lost a unanimous decision to uh, Leal. Look, this is a good fight. Both of them throwing some big-time blows, but uh, Leal threw more of them, and he was doing more damage. And at the end of the day, when you got to pick one side or the other, if you're the judges, you look at who's doing the better shots, who's more effective, and that was Leal. Uh, Pettis versus Price. Pettis with the just fantastic submission. Uh, he shows that just because he's not in the UFC anymore doesn't mean he can't win big fights. Uh, Price is going to have to go back to the drawing board. You know, you only get two fights in the PFL and then the playoffs start. So uh, he is behind the eight ball with no points. Pettis with a submission win. He got five on that night, I believe, for that. Um... Let's see. Make sure I get to Yeah. Rory McDonald took on Brett Cooper. Rory McDonald with uh, the first round submission. Let's see, uh, Anthony Pettis' first round, too. So actually, they got six points for that. Uh, Rory McDonald, once again, proving the same thing is you don't have to be in UFC or Bellator to be a great fighter, and he is one of the best on the planet in the welterweight division. Let's see. And finally, in the uh, last match on the main card, Larissa Pacheco took on Zamzagul Fezalavanova. And Pacheco ends up with the win there. If you guys remember, Pacheco is the one that took Kayla Harrison to the brink last time around. So Kayla's got a few more people she's got to worry about now. Larissa's right behind her. Uh, Marina had a big performance. Uh, she's she's going to have to up her game or she may not win this year, which will was probably one of the most long-shot bets you could have out there is that Kayla Harrison doesn't win the light heavyweight division or the lightweight division 
But uh, might want to look at some Vegas odds on it because there are some big contenders in the PFL this year. As I said, special thing we are going to start doing here on the show. Each week, everybody knows you can go to a little app called ESPN Fantasy. On ESPN Fantasy, it gives you the opportunity to make your UFC picks for the week. So any week there are is a UFC that weekend, feel free to go make picks and look for our group. We're going to do a special group. You can join up on our group. We're going to be called uh, Impact Media Strong Style Group, something like that. And we'll put the information out along with the show notes as soon as we're done here. Come join the Come join the group. If we get enough people in there, we will start doing prizes. Think of it like the fair. The more people that are involved, the better the prizes. That's going to do it for us this week. Appreciate all you guys. It's so amazing to come on here and talk about MMA and pro wrestling each and every week. Jeremy the Impact York. This has been Strong Style, so you're saying there's a chance. Please don't leave Roman. See you guys next week. Deuces, gooses.